Well, hello and welcome to Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialise in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. So this is episode number 43 and today we're going to be talking about how virtual reality could transform virtual teams. So a lot of virtuals in there, but we're essentially going to focus for today on virtual reality technology and uh, and where it's going in the near future. So as with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying blog article on the All Fire website. So please do check it out for additional information. And while you're there, sign up to our regular newsletter. Find out a bit more about how we may be able to help you and your business. So virtual reality, and as far as we're going with this one, we're going to be talking about the simulated environments that are starting to become more and more common. We're going to talk a little bit about the technology that's around to support and enable these environments, how that technology is evolving and how that technology could be used. We're then going to talk a little bit about potential applications and in some cases some real applications for virtual reality in virtual teams. Um, it's very much a, an emerging technology and a lot of emerging technologies have been used very effectively over the years as enablers for virtual teams. So there's a very good chance that in the next couple of years we'll start to see we'll start to see more and more applications for virtual reality in supporting virtual teams and making them more effective. So virtual reality technology. The technology really consists of three main physical principal components, the headset, the server and the software. So the headset, um, you'll have seen pictures, you may even have had the opportunity to use the headsets that are around for virtual virtual reality applications. It's essentially a large black um, headset that goes across the user's eyes, which is coupled with some little earpieces as well and on some occasions a microphone. The headset, the headsets vary from really high-tech, electronic-based headsets that have all of the all of the hardware built into them, through to a headset which is essentially a cardboard uh, mask, which has a sleeve in the front in which you insert a an appropriate mobile phone. Now, the headsets, the application of the headsets is to provide the the wearer, the user, with a screen in front of their eyes and the audio in their ears that give them a simulated version of reality. Now that reality that's simulated for them can either be something which is completely computer generated, it can be something which is generated by a computer by manipulating images of a physical actual environment or it can be a hybrid of the two. The ideal is, though, that the technology gets to a point where the simulation is so good that the user's brain feels that they are actually in a real environment. 
So the second piece of technology is the servers, um, and the servers have been one of the things that have been holding back the development and deployment of virtual reality in some ways, because really the the technology is very server dependent. The what you see in your view, viewers, what you hear in your ears, has to be heavily manipulated and managed and stored and and what have you by the server technology. And the servers have have had to catch up or get to the point where there's enough capacity available at a reasonable cost so that the users and suppliers of this equipment can start to leverage that to give them the equipment um, reliability and virtuality so that operators and users can actually feel like they're in a real space. And that's not that dissimilar to where we were maybe... 10 or 15 years ago now with um, video conference where the technology existed but the quality was just really not there. Virtual reality equipment is sort of coming up that curve very, very quickly to the point where it, for, for many users it's actually virtually there. The third component that's required to make all this lot work, of course, is the software. And that software is what does all the manipulation of all of the data and so it, it monitors where the headset is which way it's looking whether it's looking straight ahead or up or down or to one side it generates the video then based on the simulated environment so that the user sees video in their eyes sight which is appropriate to where the headset is pointed and what's going on and so forth so the the software also needs to be very very clever to be able to fabricate all of this virtual environment for the users to experience so that's a bit about the background the environments there's really two types of ways in which virtual reality is going to be used to support virtual team meetings one will be where it is used in a conventional boardroom or meeting room type of a space and the second one will be where it's used in a wholly simulated environment. So in the former one you would have a situation where people attending a meeting, some of them for instance may use the virtual reality headset so it may be a case for instance that, that you would dial into um, a meeting, you would be there by audio telepresence but as a as an attendee remotely you would wear one of these headsets and you would actually have the video of the meeting projected straight into your into your eyepieces along with the audio that went with it and then your audio feed going back out would go as well now that would mean that the main people at the main room would not be able to see you because if they did, and if they could, they'd be seeing you sitting there wearing one of these headsets. And that would not be a particularly comfortable environment for either party. For the people um, observing, it would be very strange because they would essentially be looking at people wearing masks. And for the people wearing the, the headsets, they would become very, very self-conscious at wearing one of these and being seen by others. So there's there's some way to go in terms of exactly how it could be used in that space. The alternate, and the alternate which I actually think is the one that's most likely going to take off quite quickly for this technology, is to use a completely simulated environment such that everybody in the meeting 
wears the headsets, even if they're all sitting or mostly sitting next to each other in a room. Um, the people that call in wear the same headsets and call in from wherever they are, and everybody attends a meeting in a completely virtual environment. So the space that they believe the meeting is taking place in is a simulated space, and the then everybody is in exactly the same situation. So the nice thing with this, and this, this sort of technology has been around for a few years, and it's probably one of the more common platforms where you would see it and have the chance to experience it, is a platform called Second Life. And that's um, it started out as a gaming platform, but it's moved quite quickly into a platform which also hosts quite a few business applications. Um, in that environment, you would be able then to host your meetings in any number of different simulated spaces. So if your meeting was a very formal boardroom type meeting, you would have a simulated boardroom. You would sit around in that boardroom and you would see virtually all of your colleagues in that boardroom. If the meeting was a less formal one, then you could have a, a less formal meeting space for it. And if the meeting was something like a one-to-one, -one, say a, um, a mentoring meeting or a or a coaching meeting or something like that, then they could be held in a very informal setting like a, like a virtual coffee shop or a virtual bar or virtual sitting on a park bench or whatever it would be. So there are any number of different environments that can be simulated for the participants to have their meeting in. And one of the other nice things with this sort of a space is that the environments can be changed without the people having to move. So if you were, say, you were having your virtual board meeting and you needed to go off to do some voting or you needed to go off for a presentation, rather than have that simulated in the same space, you would be moved virtually to an environment, say, if you wanted to see a presentation, you could be moved to a virtual cinema or a virtual um, conference or something like that where you would have the presentation presented to you as though you were sitting in a in a, an environment which is more suited to that kind of event similarly if you had to start doing a lot of voting and a lot of polling there are some very very clever pieces of technology that have been built through a lot of research in these simulated environments that support and facilitate a lot of um, of different kinds of ways for people to vote so that people are voting invisibly they don't know which way the people around them are voting they can see trends they can see patterns things can be analyzed very very quickly and records can be kept of every vote so you are um, so the person in the meeting who would normally have the job of recording these sorts of things, the, the meeting secretary essentially, could simply record what happens on the electronic platform which is used. Now to make all of this work, of course, you would need to build avatars for each of the participants and those avatars would need to be, would need to bear a very good likeness to the individuals themselves. Now, historically, a lot of these Second Life environments, people would build avatars or select avatars from a, from a, a catalogue which reflected what they wanted to appear like within that environment. Now, you really can't do that when you're in a business space. Your avatar would need to be a pretty good likeness of you yourself. So it would need to reflect, give or take, your height, your build, your your stature, your ethnicity, hair colour, um, and so forth so that if 
people then would see that avatar in the meeting environment they can recognize who that is they don't then see an avatar and think well okay i know that so and so is um, in their early 60s has grey hair and, and what have you and then see an avatar of somebody that appears to be in their mid-20s even though that avatar is the avatar of the same person. So the, the the business would need to make sure that the avatars that were used were business appropriate avatars. Similar for the clothing that was used would need to really be would need to reflect the environment and the space so that the meetings themselves and the events could be taken at the appropriate level of seriousness. Um, that said, of course, if the if the meeting was, say, a simulated construction site meeting, then everybody, all the avatars, could be dressed in simulated construction clothing so that they not just appeared to be in the right environment, but that they were dressed for that environment as well. So there would be things that a business would need to be very conscious of when setting up meetings in these virtual spaces so that they could be taken seriously and so that they would feel right. But done properly, the meetings themselves should start very quickly to feel like real life. People who are in there should be very comfortable in the experience and the experience should reflect what a normal meeting should feel like. Obviously, like every every piece of emerging technology, it will take a while before it gets fully adopted and fully um, acclimatised by those using it, but the potential is there that it would be very useful. Uh, one of the other spaces and one space where virtual reality technology is being used already is in um, review meetings for built environment. So say you're a company that designs and builds office fit-outs or shop fit-outs or workshop fit-outs and so forth. You can simulate what that environment would look like and all of the people that are going to need to make decisions around that space could then wear the right headgear use the right software and could have um, a virtual walkthrough they could really experience what that space would feel like and they can make changes then during the design rather than waiting until everything's built so the the opportunity to go really in depth in that virtual reality in that space is very very powerful now as far as where this technology sits right now there are some companies who are already deploying it. Um, typically, these are companies which are technology-based, technology-driven businesses. Some businesses which make their living through selling this sort of technology or through um, exploring its opportunities would be very keen to adopt it and to start using it as soon as possible so that they can learn from it and they can then sell it on to, to their prospective clients. So it's being used and it's being adopted already, but it really still has a long way to go as far as it would be generally out there in the bigger space. Now, forecast-wise, and given that this is the first podcast of 2016, so it's being recorded very early in January, um, my belief is that within the next couple of years we will start to see this technology become not widely accepted, but at least readily available and and some companies starting to use it in a more uh, regular way fairly quickly. During this year, we'll start to see a bit more of an emergence from it. During next year and the year after, I think we'll start to see it starting in some businesses to start to rival things like video conference and so forth. It has the potential to be a lot more flexible. It has the potential to be a lot more realistic and to provide people with a much more 
effective simulated environment. So the opportunities there for it to be used and used well are really, really powerful. So hopefully this uh, has been a good way to start the new year and it's given you a little bit to think about. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the episode and if you have, please do check us out at www.ulfire.com.au And of course, while you're there, we would love for you to sign up for the podcast feed. We'd love for you to sign up for our newsletter. And of course, we'd love to hear from you going forwards. And I very much look forward to speaking to you in future podcasts. Thank you. Thank you.